DW Africa Link On December the 20th elections took place in the Democratic Republic of Congo but chaos and delays in delivering election materials meant voting had to be extended for a second day and throughout the two days of voting in the presidential and legislative elections in Africa's second largest country many voters struggled to find their names on the voters roll violence also disrupted the poll hello and welcome to the story of the week i'm crispin makideo in bonn germany and i am isaac kaleji in accra ghana we welcome your comments on our facebook page dw africa but first the world news in brief dw news the news on africa link Opposition candidates in the Democratic Republic of Congo are calling for a rerun of the vote citing a series of irregularities among them Martin Fayulu who spoke to DW about the reasons why he was seeking a nullification of the vote The process is rigged the process is not well conducted the process is not conducted according to the electoral law and the constitution of Congo many people many Congolese who detained the electoral card didn't vote and there is no way for them to vote many polling station until now are not opened we want the vote everywhere in this country today uh, many places many polling station were not open in particular fayulu highlighted that the unscheduled extension of the vote was cause for concern mr kadima extended the vote until today but the la- the law doesn't allow him to do that the uh, opening hours you can bring it before or the closing hour you can extend it but the the law doesn't allow anybody to say that you can vote in two days or three results from the presidential and legislative elections are yet to be publicized the vote will determine whether president felix tshisekedi will get to serve a second term amid growing economic hardship and spiraling insecurity in congo's rebel plagued east angola announced on thursday that it was going to leave opec the organization of petroleum exporting countries The decision comes after OPEC decided last month to slash output next year once more. Angola rejects the quota saying it wasn't in its economic interest. OPEC has implemented supply cuts of more than 5 million barrels per day since the end of 2022 to prop up market prices. The news bulletin on Africa Link is brought to you by DW Czech police continue to seek motive for the mass shooting in Prague yesterday during which 13 people were killed and at least 25 injured. The 24-year-old turned the gun on himself after murdering his victims including his father. Earlier in the day, Prime Minister Petr Fiala visited the scene of the incident at Charles University in the heart of the Czech capital. The Czech government meanwhile declared Saturday a national day of mourning. The mass shooting is among the worst attacks in the country in recent years. German prosecutors have charged two Syrian men with war crimes. Specifically, they are accused of being members of a foreign terror organization and of hostage taking resulting in death as members of the so-called Islamic State militant group. 
one of the two is alleged to have killed people protected under international humanitarian law. The other, accused of founding an armed unit in Damascus, reported to have planted bombs at state offices. According to prosecutors, the two men joined the IS group around 2013. Pakistan's Supreme Court has granted bail to former Prime Minister Imran Khan. The former leader was sentenced earlier this year to three years in prison over graft charges, which later were suspended. However, he has remained in jail following accusations of revealing government secrets. Pakistan is set to hold elections in February. And that's all the news for today. Have a great Christmas weekend for those who are celebrating. I'm Sertan Sanderson. Africa Link every weekday here on DW. You're listening to DW's Africa Link Story of the Week, and we are focusing on the crucial election that took place in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Once again, I'm Crispin Mwakideo. And I am Isaac Kaleji in Accra, Ghana, bringing you this week's Africa Link story of the week. Welcome. The elections in the Democratic Republic of Congo were highly anticipated because of how crucial they were to the development and stability of the country. Around 44 million Congolese were registered to vote. Incumbent President Felix Tshisekedi, who is seeking a second term, is facing opposition from 21 other presidential candidates. Voting on Wednesday, the first day, was chaotic. There were delays because election materials arrived late at some polling stations. But that wasn't all, Crispin. You know, violent activities in parts of the country also affected the election, forcing voting to be extended to a second day. That's on Thursday. Now, some voters shared their experiences during voting with DW correspondents covering the election. Voilà, nous avons salué la façon de gérer de de la CENI. Well, we salute the Electoral Commission for fulfilling its promise, especially the voting date, and also for keeping everything in accordance with the constitution. Of course, not everything went as well as was planned, apart from the date. What I mean by things not going as well as planned is that we saw electoral equipment like voting machines arriving late at voting centers, only at around 3 p.m., and at some polling stations, equipment arrived even later, beyond 5 or 6 p.m. Like where I was an observer, the voting didn't start until about 8 p.m., and that's not something we can appreciate. That was not a good experience for voters. This delay, as well as the disorder and aggressiveness of it all, there was a lot that was not exactly exemplary and characteristic of the Congolese. The constitution is very clear. It does not allow for two days of voting, like the electoral commission had decided. The constitution is our guide, which we are all bound to respect. If we don't respect the constitution, then we all become complicit. Regarding nullifying the election, as was demanded by the opposition, in reality, I don't see what happened that would warrant a complete nullification. That is a ridiculous demand. As a citizen, I had a duty to vote, and it is my right to express my choice. I went to the voting center around 11 a.m. I had to wait for at least four hours since the voting material had not yet arrived. 
Thereafter, the voting process began at around 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. The voting conditions were not met due to the delays in delivering voting material because voting was supposed to begin at 8 a.m. to allow everyone to vote. I don't agree with the extension of the vote to the second day since we haven't experienced this before. This is the first time that it happens. But if it was planned before and in an organized manner to vote for two days, I would have no problem with that. I don't agree with the way the vote was carried out. As regards the notification of the vote as demanded by the opposition, I find that demand has a basis. Well, I voted in Kinshasa where there were voting problems. Now, imagine other parts of the country, especially in the interior. Therefore, I support the idea of nullifying the election as requested by the opposition. Well, five of the opposition presidential candidates have already questioned the election's credibility and have called for a rerun. Now, the very influential Roman Catholic Church Observer Mission that deployed thousands of election monitors has questioned the decision to extend voting to a second day. Now, one of DW's correspondents covering the election is Zanem Netizedi. Now, he has been telling me more about how the second voting day went. The second day of voting also saw a few irregularities, also not uh, as many as uh, on the first day. Uh, on the second day, the centers opened on time, but uh, there was not as uh, much enthusiasm as uh, on the first day. Uh, what some voters deplored was the omission of uh, several voters from the voters lists uh, a concern that uh, was not resolved and caused many people to be unable to vote now tell us about the main challenges that voters faced uh, during these two days of voting uh, yes uh, voters were faced with a number of difficulties uh, not least uh, those linked to poor organization uh, several centers had not uh, opened on time on the first day and voters had not waited several hours to cast their ballots. Others had become discouraged and uh, were unable to vote. Uh, in several polling stations, voting materials arrived late on polling day, uh, even though the law uh, stipulates that uh, materials must arrive uh, and uh, be installed uh, the day before voting. Uh, voting uh, voters uh, were therefore uh, the victims of uh, poor organization. There are reports of violence in parts of the country during the vote. The Catholic Church Observer Mission said 152 cases were recorded. How serious were these incidents? A number of incidents were reported with uh, fights uh, breaking out between supporters of the various candidates in some polling centers, uh, resulting in injuries. Uh, in other centers, angry voters attacked electoral uh, commission workers after observing some irregularities, and uh, some voting machines were damaged by angry voters. All these incidents led uh, to a large number of voters uh, not taking part uh, in in uh, in the vote. 
There have been other allegations of fraud by the opposition and claims that the Electoral Commission is in bed with the incumbent president. What can you report about the reaction of the opposition to the vote? Uh, a number of opposition candidates have already begun to to cast uh, uh, doubt uh, on the results of these elections, which were uh, marred by a number of irregularities. According to them, uh, these irregularities were uh, encouraged by the camp of the outgoing president, Felix Tshisekedi, to promote fraud. Uh, opposition leader Martin Fayulu and several other opposition candidates have called for new elections and uh, say they are ready to boycott the results. Now that was Zanem Netizaidi, DW correspondent in Goma. As you heard him tell Isaac, there were a lot of issues in this election, and the Electoral Commission has come under severe criticism for how it has conducted the elections. One of the candidates unhappy with the conduct of the elections is Martin Fayulu. He came second in the previous presidential election, and he told Isaac Mugabe that the electoral process hasn't been fair. Uh, the Electoral Commission has chosen his candidate, which is Mr. Felix Sekedi. Mr. Kadima, the president of the Seni, was appointed by force by Mr. Chisekedi. The Catholic Church and the Protestant Church, they contested that uh, nomination. But uh, Mr. Chisekedi pushed for Kadima. Uh, and what are you going to do next? What's the next course of action now that you seem to be rejecting what the Electoral Commission is doing? The next thing is that we want the truth of the ballot. We want, first of all, all Congolese who detain a electoral card, he has to vote. We want the vote everywhere in this country. Mr. Kadima extended the vote, but the, la- the law doesn't allow him to do that. The law said that the election should take place the, uh, on Sunday or the day that is declared that uh, nobody will go to work. And uh, the electoral law said you can extend only the hours, the uh, opening hours, you can bring it before, or the closing hour, you can extend it. But the, the law doesn't allow anybody to say that you can vote in two days or three or whatever day, number of days it is. Mm-hmm. What we want, Mr. Kadima and Mr. Chisekedi, they have to take the responsibilities. They have spent 1.3 billion, okay, uh, mm-hmm. US dollars. And they have to tell us what they did with that. We want the clean, the transparent, and the impartial election. We will not accept any rigged election. As of now, the result coming out, uh, I'm leading. Okay? Those okay. Form, I'm leading. Okay? But we cannot be satisfied with that. We want all Congolese to vote. And this is not an election. You warned that if they try to rig, you'll mobilize the supporters to protest. Do you still, are you going to the streets in case you're not declared the winner? No, no, no. It's not being declared the winner. Mm-hmm. I will go to the streets not because I'm not declared the winner. We will go to street we, if somebody else wins. But openly, you know, what is the problem? I will say, okay. I applaud, and this guy is the president of Congo. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I have to win uh, because I have to win. 
I'm saying that the truth of the ballot should prevail. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so you're not ruling out protests in case the ballot doesn't is not conducted in a good in a good manner or in a good way. No, we will protest um, what is going on now. Um, uh, prove that we should protest because the process is rigged. The process is not well conducted. The process is not conducted according to the electoral law and the constitution of Congo. Many people, many Congolese who detained the electoral card didn't vote and there is no way for them to vote. Many polling stations until now are not opened. That's why it's not, nobody can come and say tomorrow and this guy or another guy uh, uh, won the election without all everybody uh, participating in that election. Did you raise your concerns with the Electoral Commission, Seni, about what is happening right now? Are they listening yes. to your concerns or not? Yeah, but we signed a strong statement, five of us, including Dr. Mukwege, uh, the candidate uh, Floribert Anzuluni, uh, the candidate uh, Ngoi, Theodore Ngoi, and uh, the candidate Nkema Lilo, five of us, we signed a strong statement and uh, bringing out all issues that we uh, witnessed. And uh, you can see that even our witnesses in the polling station, they don't allow them to go in and to see how they are counting uh, the ballot. Very strong words from uh, Mr. Fayula in that interview with my namesake, Isaac Mugabe. Now, but Crispin, we have some reactions coming in from the Electoral Commission. The Deputy President of CENI, Didi Manara, has been responding to concerns about the extension of voting time, the opposition's accusation of failure to organize a credible election, also voter turnout estimations, and when the preliminary results will be announced. We did one day, but on the second day, there were various challenges. But we have held an election on the second day so that all the Congolese can vote and others said it should be held after seven days or 14. But we have added one day and they're just complaining. And we are very surprised by the complaints. The church surprises me a lot because they are good servants. You know, if you go to the water, you see ducks floating and you know that it is easy, but you haven't looked at the feet and when you see them, you, you will realize that there is a lot of work done by the ducks' feet. And the Congolese should look at things as they are going. As we said, we will hold an election on December 20th and we have done it and everyone had a chance to choose who they wanted. That was Didi Manara, the deputy president of CENI, Congo's electoral commission. But Isaac, you know the chaos that characterized the DR Congo election did not come as a surprise to some election observers and Congo experts who have been warning for weeks that massive logistical challenges could hamper the votes rollout and threaten its credibility. Phil Clark, an expert on the Great Lakes region at SOWAS University of London, joins us to assess the electoral process. This has been an incredibly chaotic election so far. Uh, right across the country, we've seen about a third of voting booths not even open. 
that there have been problems with an estimated 40% of the voting machines. Uh, there was always an expectation that the ballot would be very difficult to administer in the eastern part of the country where there's conflict at the moment. But actually, we've seen problems right across Congo. So uh, this has been, I think, a very badly prepared election. There are very chaotic scenes at, at many of these voting stations. Uh, there's a there's a general sense that this election is not going very well so far. It seems like many observers, just like yourself, expected there would be some kind of chaos during the voting exercise. But are you surprised by how you know events have turned out so far? Been even more chaotic than I think myself and many observers expected. We always knew that things would be difficult in Ituri, in North and South Kivu places where there has been a great deal of violence uh, in the lead up to the vote. I think what many observers underestimated was was how poor the preparations were uh, in other parts of the country. I think the other thing perhaps that uh, has become much greater a problem than expected is that many local people have reacted to these poor preparations um, with new waves of, of violent attacks, uh, particularly on voting stations. We've seen People in Ituri are attacking voting stations, uh, destroying ballot boxes. Uh, because they are angry at how badly this election has, has been uh, prepared, many people in particular are angry that, uh, that they weren't included on voter registration lists. So we always knew that the government side of the preparations uh, were quite shoddy, but uh, it's it's also the very angry, the violent reaction of many local people uh, that makes this an even more chaotic we, we've just learned on Thursday about the five presidential candidates, the opposition candidates um, led by Martin Fayulu and there's, of course, Dennis Mukwege, who are calling for a rerun. They have completely come out against the extension of the voting and they say that the election should be declared null and void. Do you think their call is actually valid or do they send some kind of defeat by President Shisekedi? I think we're seeing such systematic lack of preparation for this vote right across the country that so many people have been disenfranchised. It's a remarkable number of, of ballot uh, stations that haven't even opened. The fact that one third of, of the entire country's voting stations ha- have not been operating and really questions the credibility of, of this whole process. Now, the likelihood is that the five candidates who've asked for the rerun were always going to struggle in this boat. I think the whole system has been heavily skewed towards President Shishikedi, and I think those candidates know that they're, they're probably going to lose. But at the same time, I think they're right, that what we've seen at these voting stations really isn't acceptable. What you're trying to say here is that actually the chaos do favour the incumbent president. There's absolutely no doubt that the lack of preparation leading up to the vote, in many respects, was deliberate. If, if you look at the parts of the country where voter registration was the slowest, uh, where ballot papers were not sent, these were exclusively opposition strongholds in Ituri, in North Kivu, in South Kivu. So so the lack of preparation was quite purposeful uh, by, by Shishikedi's government. But then on top of that, uh, we've seen even greater disruption than, than people expected. And a lot of that's coming from citizens. People are very uh, upset. People are very angry about this overall situation, and they are adding their own disruption uh, to the government's uh, failures. So it, it's quite clear that a free and fair election can't be held in, in this kind of atmosphere. And so far, interestingly, President Felix Fisekedi has maintained some kind of a low-profile 
amidst the the chaos that is is being witnessed in the country what what do you think could be his reason for doing so is is it a strategic uh, patience or does he want to portray i don't know the opposition as as being undemocratic shishikeri hopes that, that these concerns about the election will blow over he hopes that if he doesn't comment on the way the election has been run that in three or four days time the electoral commission will be able to announce the winner. It's likely to be Shishikiri himself. And then he hopes that in the next week or two, he'll be able to put a new government uh, together. He campaigned right up until the last minute. In fact, in violation of Congolese electoral order, he was campaigning almost right up until election day, giving very incendiary speeches. He was very loud, almost as late as he could be in the campaigning sense. But in the last 24 hours, as citizens have been raising concerns about uh, the standard of preparations for the vote, that the president is nowhere to be seen. He, he hasn't come out to try to allay people's concerns. He hasn't directed the Electoral Commission uh, to lift their game. He's going to try to deflect any of the criticism for the holding of this vote uh, to other parties. He's going to try to stay above the frame. And he'll hope that it'll be business as usual and, and he'll still be in power in, in two weeks' time. That's why he's keeping a low profile. And, and again, on Wednesday, the powerful Catholic Church Observer Mission, Senko, uh, warned that extending the voting would undermine the credibility of the election. Uh, do you agree with their position? I don't agree with the Catholic Church's position uh, on this one. I think the Catholic Church often has been a, a very important voice in Congolese elections, but I I think there was a need to extend the voting period to to try to get ballot papers uh, to stations where there weren't enough, uh, to try to, to give the best chance possible for this election uh, to go ahead. But I think what has become clear today is that even if you were to extend the voting period for another two days, many of those locations that haven't voted yet still won't be able to vote. Uh, so I think it was right that there was... Uh, an extension to, to try to give this process the best chance of, of working. But it's clear that the problems are so deep that, that really there does need to be a rewrite. And so what should happen between now and the announcement? I, I, I mean, there has to be some kind of announcement of results to, to sort of like convince the voters that actually the election was free and fair. The only way that Congolese citizens will see this as a fair election is if the process is started again. And, and that, that in and of itself will cause a problem. But I, but I think there's such a lack of credibility around this vote that, that, that in many ways there needs to be a pause uh, for one or two months uh, to get those voting stations uh, equipped and secured uh, and to raise the confidence of, of local people. Uh, and then we would need to see a rerun of this process. The problem in 2019 was that the vote was delayed seven or eight times and, and that caused anger. But when the vote was held, that there was a sense at least that, that people could very safely and securely go to the ballot box. In 2023, a lot of people were relieved that the, the, the electoral schedule would be maintained. And we're seeing these elections held on time. But the problem is so many logistical corners were cut in the preparations that it's, it's undermined this process entirely. I, I don't think anyone is going to walk away from this thinking this has been a credible election. I think the only way to have a credible process is to pause this, come back in two months up and, and hold something that is much freer, much fairer. Obviously, I mean, we, we know for sure, for example, that the EU did not send their observer mission to these particular elections. 
Um, the African Union is there. Obviously, other regional uh, countries are watching closely. But what role should they play to somehow encourage or to support the process in the Congo from going from bad to worse? The African Union is one of the few observer missions that has real influence over Shishiteti's government. The, the EU clearly has pulled out. Uh, the East African community observers have been blocked. I think the role of the African Union is to say to Shishiteti now, look, that th- this whole process has been delegitimized. You, you're going to have to start again. Um, I, I think the message there has to be, even for Shishiteti himself, even, even if he ends up winning this election, he doesn't want to win this way. If he proclaims himself the winner next week, he's going to see wide-scale protests uh, across the country. Uh, there could be an increase in instability. It, this could lead to, to violent conflict. I think the situation on the ground in so many parts of the country is so combustible. The African Union has to say to Shishiketi, you, you don't want to come back to power in, in this kind of context. It, it, it's only going to make your governance even harder. Pause the process, come back in two months, run this in, in a much more effective way. And if you come out of that the victor, uh, you will inherit a country in a much better condition. It's going to help your presidency. And so it's it's Shishiketi's own interests. And I think the AU has a crucial role in, in pushing that message very strongly. Thank you, Phil Clark, for joining the show. And that was the story of the week. And on behalf of the production crew, Celestine Wasike, Isaac Kalechi in Accra, and the rest of the Africa Link team, I'm Crispin Mwakideo, wishing you a splendid weekend and the best of the festive season. Until next time, bye for now. mind.